This is Partners in Practice, a weekly series dedicated to the evolving field of the advanced practice clinician. Here is your host nurse practitioner, Mimi Secor. Chronic diseases are the leading cause of death in the United States, with nearly one out of every two adults having at least one chronic illness. These chronic illnesses include millions with diabetes, heart disease, hypertension, stroke, cancer. In addition, 60% of Americans are overweight, 30% are obese, including greater numbers of children and young adults. Fewer than 10% of Americans regularly exercise the recommended 60 minutes a day most days of the week. Chronic disease and lifestyle issues are contributing dramatically to increased costs and demand for health care services. Nurse practitioners and PAs need to address this issue of chronicity by more effectively and creatively managing chronic diseases. The role of a wellness coach is uniquely positioned to offer a new and innovative approach to addressing many of these challenges. With me today is Dr. Eileen O'Grady, nurse practitioner, visiting professor at Pace University, and wellness coach from McLean, Virginia. And we're discussing what advanced practice clinicians need to know about wellness coaching, particularly as it pertains to the recently passed health reform legislation and the health care challenges facing our nation today. Hello, Eileen. Welcome to ReachMD. I'm Amy. Thanks for having me. So we all know about soccer and football coaches. We've even heard about executive and life coaches. But what is a wellness coach? Well, we use skills from about 15 different disciplines, mostly from executive and life coaching, and we apply those skills to the wellness arena. So what I do is I take, I develop a relationship with coaches in which they are entirely in charge of the agenda. I don't give any advice. And I use an evidence-based methodology so that they, we can get at some emancipatory self-knowledge and self-awareness, and we couple that with action. What is different about that wellness coaching than from therapy? I mean, it sounds a little bit like therapy. Well, in wellness coaching, we don't really talk about the past at all. We really talk about the present and mostly the desired future. So we're really talking about the future and what people want most of all. What do they want to call into their lives? We talk about the past only when we want to find out when people were at their best or what was in place when they were in the condition we called flow, where they lose track of space and time and they're they're at their best. So we don't talk about the past. We don't really care why they're doing self-defeating behaviors. We're more interested in knowing what do they want to be doing tomorrow and within the next year. What's required to become a certified wellness coach? Well, it took me about a year of training. I trained with well coaches over the phone. It was a lovely way to get an education, actually. Far superior, I thought, to online. And I took these fascinating courses on the positive psychology and, you know, listening patients' agendas and these kinds of things. And then I got certified. And I found that in my practice, I'm having a hard time keeping it in the wellness arena. So I'm currently seeking certification as a life coach as well because people don't fit into little boxes. So I've had to expand my armamentarium. You know, people are in jobs that they hate or neglecting important parts of their lives, and it's been very difficult to keep it purely on wellness and health. How does coaching differ from the type of counseling, education, support we provide as nurse practitioners and PAs in clinical practice? You know, I spent 15 years uh, doing traditional patient education and writing fistfuls of prescriptions for people with (laughs) all the chronic illnesses. And when I really looked back on that, I found I never really made anybody whole. Nobody ever quit smoking. Nobody ever lost weight, really. I mean, nobody really transformed their life. And I felt like the pharmaceuticals were the only tool that I had. And so when your only tool is a hammer, you know, (laughs) everything's a nail. So I didn't feel like I was able to really help people in a significant way. 
So I don't give any advice in this role, which is really a difficult thing for those of us trained traditionally to come in as the expert because I believe deeply that people have their own answers and I help them mine them by asking powerful questions, identifying the inner critic, using skills like meta view and metaphor to help them see things from a different perspective. So the hardest part of my job is not giving advice. Now, when I do make suggestions, I ask them permission first if I can make a suggestion, but I don't really own it, and I don't really have any investment in if they do it or not. Entirely different model. That sounds like an entirely different model. So is, what is the kryptonite for wellness coaches? Oh, I resistance. think I heard it. But. Yeah, <laughs> resistance. I mean, so my clients, any kind of coaching client, they have to be healthy, resourceful, and creative and have to have those three things. So if somebody doesn't have enough self-efficacy or self-esteem or they're severely depressed or bipolar or they're not a candidate for wellness coaching. So they have to be well and interested in being in change around some part of their life. And that pretty much constitutes most people. There's some area that they're neglecting or something they want to be working on. But people that are in absolute resistance are not conducive to coaching at all. One of my clients, I was given to them as an anniversary present to the husband you know, three months of me for coaching. And so, you know, she wanted him to change. And so it was one of those things. He did not seek out coaching. It was more like she wanted that for him. So our country is drowning in chronic disease, chronicity, as you refer to it. And it does seem true what we're doing and dying of is largely related to lifestyle. What's your most dramatic success story? Well, I'd have to say, you know, there are two. I have a 30-year-old client in Boston. He was having trouble attracting the opposite sex. And he was overweight and had a lot of stress in his life and wasn't coping well. And the very first goal we came up with was for him to take inventory of his workout clothes. Now, that may seem like a really tiny step, and it is. And so as a wellness coach, we don't let anyone come up with a goal unless they have at least a 7 out of 10 chance of being successful in accomplishing it. So in the very beginning, our goals are often tiny, and they're often reflective goals, like to think about something and then report back, but they're not major goals. By the end of the six months of working with him, he was running 10K races competitively and had lost 40 pounds. So that was one of my most dramatic because it happened so quickly where somehow through our Q&A and through our relationship, his internal lever, his motivation switch got flipped. And, And it really wasn't about me because one of the things about my practice and coaching is that the coachee is doing all of the work. They really are. They're doing most of the talking and all of the work. And I'm just listening in a way and telling him what I hear and what I hear he wants. If you're just joining us, you're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm nurse practitioner Mimi Secor, and I'm speaking today with Dr. Eileen O'Grady, nurse practitioner, visiting professor at Pace University, and wellness coach based out of McLean, Virginia. And we're discussing what advanced practice clinicians need to know about wellness coaching, particularly as it pertains to the recently passed health reform legislation and the healthcare challenges facing our nation today. So are there any advantages, Eileen, to being a nurse practitioner or a PA and also being a wellness coach? Well, huge. I mean, I have a lot of credibility with the public. People trust nurses and I have a lot of clinical experience. I know the language. I know the pharmacology. I know the disease process. And I just work in the realm right now of reversing disease or living in a place where you don't ever become a host to many diseases. 
So I understand all sides of diseases, and I know what living a life that does not support wellness, what it will lead to, what the end product is. And most people really value wellness and health. They do, but they're doing precious little to express that value. So how do you get your clients interested in just, you described a client in Boston? very fun and interesting. It's all word of mouth right now. I have a pretty busy public speaking calendar. Sometimes people from the audience will call me or they'll send their sister or loved one to me. I have a number of people in the community I've met at dinner parties and they want me to see their teenager or so all kinds of people. I pretty much let everyone know that I meet what I do, not because I want business but because I'm so interested in it. It's all been pretty much word of mouth, but I do have a number of nurse practitioner students that are my clients for some reason. I have about three of them right now. And that's fun because I teach in a DNP program and I understand a lot of what they're going through, what their journey is. Do you feel more pressure as a wellness coach to sort of walk your talk? I mean, we are a little hypocritical in our clinical world sometimes. Yeah, and I, and I really do believe that, you know, like the smoking doctor, that we can't be talking about wellness and prevention unless we have that value expressed in our own selves. So through my own struggles in my own life, you know, I have really aligned my life to living it fully and wholly and I've made a number of changes in dropping some self-defeating behaviors. And so I feel like more of a humble role model that I try every day to live in balance and, you know, not be completely crazed um, out in the community, <laughs> <laughs> you know, to be centered uh, most of the time. And that's one of my practices is trying to live in balance in this community, in this society at this time is not a small thing. Tell us a few pearls, Eileen, on how you deal with your own self-defeating behaviors in this stressful world we live in today. Well, I have 10 daily habits of self-care that I do. And so I make sure that I do those things, such as you know exercising and eating a lot of fruits and vegetables and drinking a lot of water. So I'm pretty high maintenance. I also make sure that I practice extreme self-care which is um, every year I take a trip away from my family and my husband and I go away for 7 to 10 days by myself. And that helps me become a better person and mother and wife and, and friend when I do that. It's very difficult to leave. I don't have any role models doing that. And then once I get there, I, it's exactly where I need to be. So, for example, this year I went to northern England and spent a week in a manor with a poet walking the hills. And it was, there was a group of us and talking about his poetry and hiking, and it was just one of the most nourishing, beautiful experiences I've ever had. So that's how I practice extreme self-care. I think that's of great importance to share with our listeners, many of whom, including myself, are pretty stressed out, you know, trying to walk the talk, but it's not easy. So how much does it cost to hire a wellness coach? And also, how long do you tend to work with your clients? I tend to keep them. It's funny. I be more intense in the beginning. So I make people commit to three months because you're not going to see a lot of change in less than that. So I meet with them over the phone, all my practices over the phone, because people are more candid over the phone and they tell me more things. They say things out loud they've never said out loud. And they say it's a lot like phone sex, you know, where there's more candor. I don't know, but that's what they say. And there is. There's a lot of silence because, you know, we're asking these powerful questions. And so I have a, a big intake kind of two-hour session where we create a vision of what they want their health to be in a year, all the things they dream about. And everyone's wellness vision is completely different. It's a fascinating process of what people want to call into their lives or what they want to sever. And then we talk weekly or every other week on the phone for an hour for three months. 
And so the rates can be anywhere from fifty dollars to three hundred and fifty and everything in between. And so I have you know, I have a lot of students and so I work with people, have sort of a sliding scale and it's less than therapy. I don't use any insurance at this point because I want people to have skin in this game and invest in it. And when they get something very tangible out of it, it, it is not an issue at all. What do you see as the future for, what does it hold for wellness coaches, particularly wellness coaches that happen to be nurse practitioners or PAs? I think there's a very bright future, and I think we're going to need to take some of these skills, these laser coaching skills, and embed them in the curriculum for NPs and PAs and physicians, for that matter, that this typical lecturing and sometimes shaming approach is really not effective. In fact, it's counterproductive. And so I think we can do these in little five- and ten-minute increments by just asking bigger questions and finding out what the patient wants and helping them get there. And you can't just tell people to lose weight. You know, you have to start with some behavior, some tiny piece of it, and get them successful so that success breeds success. So I think certainly in these bundled payment schemes, we could see wellness coaches working in these and taking people that are practicing a lot of self-defeating behaviors and laser-focusing on them for sure. It's a huge missing link for all of us. As you say, there's going to be increasing pressure on us in the medical home model to help improve the health of our patients, particularly those with chronic illnesses, if we can't help them make change. And what I want to say, though, is that what we do typically is we give people information. Like, There's not a soul on this planet that doesn't know that, you know, tobacco is a carcinogenic. But we just give people information, and people don't need information, I believe, deeply. They need emancipatory self-knowledge and awareness and support through the transformative change process. So that's why I just don't give out information or very rarely now because I may as well talk to a wall. That's not what people do. I can see you giving this presentation at many conferences coming up. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Eileen, I think this is really going to be important for us as nurse practitioners and PAs and physicians to learn from wellness coaches and to bring you onto the team. Yes. Any final comments you'd like to share with us? It's just that I know that I need to get something out in writing and write these skills up and to start talking about how nurses and nurse practitioners and PAs and physicians can use these skills because I think, you know, my experience is that they didn't work. The traditional lecturing and giving information doesn't work. I want to thank you, Eileen, for being on this show today, for sharing this unique perspective and expertise with us. Good luck with your work as a wellness coach, and it's been a great pleasure talking with you today. Thank you, Mimi. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Partners in Practice on ReachMD. You can download this program and any other program in our library at ReachMD.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for listening.